Hi there, Rachel here. If you're listening to this episode in May of 2024, I have some big news. After selling out during the holiday season, my Flex of Gold journal is available for pre-order right now and will be shipping to your home by the end of June. To celebrate, we're running an amazing pre-order sale for Mother's Day. Purchase the journal before May 13th and you'll get $10 off every journal. This is our best price of the year, even better than Black Friday, so it's the perfect time to stock up for gifts for family and friends. This three-year journal helps mothers to notice, savor, and write down the fleeting golden moments that they experience with their children each day. So go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to reserve your copy, and you'll also see our brand new cover colors, as well as our new cover option, which is a wipeable vegan leather. So again, go to 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold to pre-order your journal, and from now until Mother's Day 2024, they'll be marked down by $10 each. I can't wait for you to experience the magic of this beautiful gratitude journal for mothers. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, episode 210, Simple Holiday Traditions to Connect Generations. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. It's that time of year again. We are into the hustle and bustle of the holiday season, which is one of my favorite times of year, but it can also be a time that starts to feel really overwhelming and stressful if we let it. So for today's episode, I wanted to focus on simple things that we can do to create meaningful holiday memories for our children and to connect with our cherished loved ones. I pulled a very special episode from the archives to re-air as an encore episode today. Unless you've been here from the very beginning, I doubt you will have heard this one because it was originally episode 10, aired all the way back in 2017. And it's kind of crazy. Today is episode 210. So 200 episodes ago. And the two special guests are my beloved grandparents who have actually since passed away. And I had to take a deep breath and emotionally prepare myself before I listened to this episode as I was preparing it to re-release it because I knew that hearing their voices would be hard for me. But I am so grateful that I have their voices and their words recorded and that I took the time while they were living to reflect on the ways that they made Christmases so special to me throughout my life. I miss them deeply, and I love remembering when they got to listen to this episode and relive these cherished moments and memories with me and to know how much they had meant to me throughout my life. Capturing precious moments shared with family is so important, and before we get into the episode, I want to remind you that I created a journal just for this purpose. My Flex of Gold journal is a three-year journal to help moms write down one golden moment that you experience as a mother each day. This would be an incredible and impactful holiday gift for yourself or for another woman in your life, and you don't just have to take my word for it. I sent an email out to the women who purchased this journal last year and asked them how it had impacted their life, and I have gotten so many incredible testimonials back, including some voice messages, and one in particular touched me so deeply that I decided to air it here with her permission, of course. If after hearing it, you decide you need one of these journals in your life, you can order one at 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold. Here is that message from a mother in our 3in30 community. 
Hello, my name is Louisa Perks. I live in Omaha, Nebraska, and I have five little ones. So when COVID first hit in early 2020, my husband's business of 13 years quickly evaporated and we found ourselves needing to make a sudden move from our longtime home in Idaho to pursue a new opportunity in Omaha. And while this move has actually been amazing for our family and a blessing in so many ways, it has also been super scary and hard and exhausting and taxing uh, for me as a mom and on my children and on my husband. So when I think back on how the Flex of Gold Journal has documented this specific chapter in our lives and impacted my attitude towards motherhood now and aided me during this time, like it's actually a full-blown miracle. I started in the fall of 2020 and haven't missed a day since. I keep a running tally on the notes on my phone so I can quickly jot golden moments down as they happen. And then in the evenings or on Sundays, I'll write three or four at once. Um, my children now have their own little notebooks where they write down their own flecks of gold. And my entire family is always reminding me, mom, you have to write that down. Um, and even during bedtime, instead of picking a picture book to read together, they often ask me to read from this and they laugh and laugh or will often request specific stories or certain memories. This isn't to say that motherhood isn't hard, like every single day and that I don't respect the struggle, but I don't need to be consistently reminded of the struggle. Being a mom does that on its own. And honestly, my journal has gotten me through some really um, dark, hard times and through many tears, uh, like in the lonely hours of the night with anxiety and depression, I can honestly look through this book and see light and see goodness. And I'm filled with gratitude. And honestly, I'm filled with hope. Um, I've told my children that this book is a testament to how much I adore being their mother. And that's how much it means to me. It's that sacred, almost like scripture. And it's probably my most valued possession. I love it that much and have purchased so many more for my sisters and for my friends and for myself in the future. My only regret is that I didn't have this sooner. It's honestly a tragedy. So Rachel and 3 and 30, thank you so much. For me, this has brought out the very best of this journey of motherhood. Such a tender testimonial, and it means so, so much to me. Thank you, Louisa, for sharing your heart, and I can relate so deeply to what you said about how this journal doesn't necessarily take away the hardships of motherhood and of life, but it's a reminder of all that is good and hopeful and worth fighting for. If you're listening and feeling prompted to give this journaling practice a try, again, the shop page is 3in30podcast.com slash flexofgold, and I will put that link in the show notes. Now, with no further ado... Let's hear my episode about and with my grandparents. Here we go. Without a doubt, one of the greatest blessings of my life is that I grew up living close to my grandparents. Before I turned eight, we lived just five minutes away from them. And my mom tells the story that when we'd get in the car immediately, I would say as a young two-year-old girl, go see Kide. Clyde was a big stuffed monkey that they had at their house, and I wanted to go see Kide every time we got in the car. 
I would sit next to them at church growing up, and I remember listening to my grandma sing the alto line in the hymns, and I credit her to how I learned how to sing parts so easily at a young age. I remember sneaking orange Tic Tacs out of her purse during those long church meetings, and my grandpa entertaining me by playing the dot game with me on his program. He would draw all those little dots in a row, and then we'd each take a turn drawing lines and try to create boxes to see who could make the most. When I was six, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer and had to be in the hospital for three months for a bone marrow transplant. And during that time, we lived with my grandparents on and off and grew a special bond with them and grew even closer during those times when we were with them and missing our mom. We moved to a different town when I was eight, but we were still only 30 minutes away from my grandparents, and my memories with them are plentiful throughout my whole life, especially my memories from the Christmas season. So that's what got me thinking about them and wanting to have them on my podcast during this special time of year. To me, Christmas is about family. So what do we do if we don't live close to grandparents and family like I did growing up? Can we still have strong bonds that connect us? Of course we can. So for today's podcast, it's going to be two parts. First, I'm going to share a bit about my Christmas memories with my grandparents and how we can create similar feelings of closeness for our own children. If we're not lucky enough to have grandparents that are alive or if those relationships are estranged, I think that these takeaways will work for creating traditions that bind and connect anybody who's important to us in our lives, even if it's just our own immediate families. Then part two of the podcast is a 15-minute interview with my grandparents themselves. They are 88 years old and just about the cutest old people in the world, so I wanted you to get a taste of their goodness, their personalities, their spunk, I think that you'll enjoy meeting two of the people who shaped my life profoundly. But to start off, I'd like to share some of my takeaways for how we can create simple Christmas traditions that will connect generations. And I'd like to emphasize with that the word simple. This isn't about adding more, more stress, more traditions, more complications. Um, these things can really be simple. So as I thought back to my childhood and what made those Christmases with my grandparents so special, I, I really was trying to figure it out. What was it that made those times so special? And this is what I realized. There were some things that were consistent from year to year. Every single Christmas, as children, we could count on certain things happening. And as an adult... Those are the things that I remember and treasure and will pass on to my children. So I thought about that more and I thought, you know, we live in a time where there's so many ideas. We get on Instagram and Pinterest and we see so many great ideas from different people and we can try them and, um, you know, institute them into our families. But we need to have at least a few that are anchors, that year after year we come back to. So even if we're throwing in new things and new events and new activities each year, which is great and fine and fun, um, I think if we have anchors that we come back to every single year, 
that is what will make Christmases memorable and the things that our kids will hang on to and remember when they're grown and that they will perhaps pass on to their children. I thought of three categories that I think fit. And I'll give you some examples from my Christmases with my grandparents in a second. But the three categories are if we can have at least one consistent special food, one consistent special gift, and one consistent special activity. So let's start with a food. Uh, My grandma always made orange rolls. Grandma's orange rolls were famous. Amongst the grandkids, it's what we looked forward to. The minute that we got to her house for Christmas Eve dinner, it was like, when are the orange rolls coming out? And she would make tray upon tray of orange rolls for us. I think some Christmases, I ate about five of those orange rolls. They're delicious. Now that my grandma's older, um, she doesn't always do the cooking for Christmas Eve. Uh, But her orange rolls are still made. Somebody makes them. My sister, my aunt, I have to say I haven't done it yet, but I would like to try. That recipe will be passed down through generations. So maybe think about that. The menu may change every year for Christmas or for holidays for you, but is there one food that you would like to be a consistent, an anchor, something that your kids look forward to that they really love that could become something that they pass down to their children, that they talk about, that they remember? Maybe they only get once or twice a year, but it's really, really special to them. I will also include the recipe for my grandma's orange rolls in the show notes in this podcast. My second takeaway is to have a consistent special gift, and this can be very small. For example, a Christmas ornament. You could give your kids a different Christmas ornament every year until they're grown. I know some families do this by choosing a Christmas ornament that is specific to the child, like an interest that they have that year or some milestone that they've reached, and I love that. I've actually aspired to do that for the last several years, but I found that Christmas just gets so busy, the season gets so busy, that I never get around to finding that perfect special ornament for my kids. But I would like to, and maybe I will next year. But my grandma's tradition of giving a Christmas ornament every year for Christmas is a little bit different. And I love it because I don't think it was a lot of extra stress or work for her. She didn't choose a different ornament for each grandkid. She had a lot of grandkids. She had 14 grandkids, I think. Instead, she would just get a bunch of Christmas ornaments that she liked. And knowing my grandma, she probably bought a lot of them at after Christmas sales to keep them um, budget friendly. And then on Christmas Eve, she would lay out a whole bunch of beautiful ornaments on a table. And the grandkids would go running downstairs to check out the options for the Christmas ornament gift. We'd look at the table and we'd all kind of spy one that we wanted, but you wouldn't tell anybody because this was the fun, exciting part. Um, grandma would then pull out of a hat some a number of who got to choose first and then who got to choose second and third and fourth. And so you just hoped and prayed that nobody would choose the one that you wanted. And now remember, they were all beautiful. So there was lots of great options for all of us. I'm sure that there were some tears and um, anger in some years when we didn't get what we wanted. 
But honestly, I don't remember that. I just remember the excitement of getting to choose my ornament and waiting to see when my name would be pulled from the hat. I do think that my grandma also worked a little rotation at some point because she didn't want certain kids to always be chosen first. Just luck of the draw. But it was a really fun way to do Christmas ornaments and to choose one that we liked each year. If you follow me on Instagram, my handle is 3in30podcast, and I would love for you to find me there and to join our community there. But if you already follow me, then maybe this past week you saw the video that I did that was a Christmas tree tour where I went through and talked about some of my favorite ornaments on my tree. And one of the ornaments that I talked about in that video came from Grandma's ornament tradition. This one makes me laugh every year when I pull it out and put it on my tree because there was this one ornament that sat on the table unpicked year after year after year when I was a teenager. And it was this ornate, ugly, pearly heel, like high heel that was a Christmas ornament. I have no idea where it came from or how it came to be on Grandma's table of ornaments because she had great taste. All of her other ornaments were always super fun and beautiful. But that eyesore of a Christmas ornament just sat there year after year because none of us wanted it. It kind of became a joke that the high heel would just sit there year after year. So when I was a teenager, one year I got the exciting honor of being chosen out of the hat to pick my ornament first. So everybody's waiting with bated breath to see which of the beautiful ornaments I will choose. And what did I choose? You guessed it. I walked right up there to the table, everyone watching and waiting, and I picked that pearly white, (laughs) high-heeled, ugly ornament, and everybody burst out laughing. And that's one of my favorite memories and one of my favorite ornaments to hang on my tree because it represents the laughter and the fun that we shared at Christmas time in my family. So that's just one idea of a simple gift that you could do year after year with your families, but it could be anything. Just something that's consistent and that's an anchor year after year that your kids can remember when they're grown. Let's pause for just a few minutes to thank the two companies that are making this episode possible. I want to introduce you to a product that hundreds of thousands of parents are using to help their baby sleep, the Dreamland Baby Weighted Sleep Sack. It started with Tara, a mom just like you and me, who couldn't get her baby to sleep. She was exhausted, frustrated, and in search of answers. Her solution? To create a weighted sleep sack that your baby can safely wear to help them feel calm, fall asleep faster, and stay asleep longer. Genius. The award-winning Shark Tank and doctor-approved Dream Weighted Sleep Sack features cover calm technology, evenly distributed weight from baby's shoulders to toes that naturally reduces stress, allowing your little one to relax and sleep soundly. Parents worldwide are using the Dream Weighted Sleep Sack to help their newborns to age three get the sleep they need. So if you have a baby that's having difficulty falling asleep or staying asleep, this is the safe, effective product of your dreams. And the best news, their Black Friday sale is going on right now, so 3in30 listeners will get 20% off site-wide by using the code 3in30 at checkout. Go to dreamlandbabyco.com and enter the discount code 3in30 at checkout. This podcast is also sponsored by Apostrophe, your online dermatologist. 
Have you ever heard of tretinoin, spironolactone, or what about clindamycin? I may not be able to pronounce these ingredients, but I can tell you what they do. Tretinoin unclogs pores and even skin tone. Spironolactone targets hormonal acne. And clindamycin fights acne-causing bacteria and inflammation. I didn't know what they were either until I got my own prescription acne treatment from Apostrophe, the sponsor of this episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. Simply fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and medical history, then snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Apostrophe treats all types of acne, from hormonal acne to facial acne and even chest knee, back knee, and butt knee. They treat breakouts from head to toe. We have a special deal for our audience. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash 3in30 when you use our code 3in30. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash 3in30 and click begin visit. Then use our code 3in30 at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. That's A-P-O-S-T-R-O-P-H-E dot com slash three and thirty and use that code three and thirty to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for five dollars and we thank apostrophe for sponsoring the podcast the third takeaway is some sort of an activity that's maybe unique to your family that you do every year on christmas or christmas eve for my family it was my grandpa's tommy left and right game and i know that's so random i'll need to explain it I don't know where my grandpa found this story or when exactly it started, but it started when I was young enough that I don't remember Christmas when we didn't do this. My grandpa has a story, a little short Christmas story, about a boy named Tommy Wright, and he's going to the store to pick out presents for all of his family for Christmas, and we would all sit in a big circle and my grandparents had wrapped up candy bars. And my grandpa would read this story, and any time that he said the word right, we would pass the candy bar to the right. And any time that he said the word left, we would pass it to the left. And so within this story, Tommy Wright went to the store, and he found that he only had $3 left to get the right present for each member of the right family. You know, so it's about five to ten minutes long, and we would pass the candy bars. We do it every single year. And at the end, you end up with a candy bar. It's just really fun, really quirky, and something that is so my grandpa. In fact, for their, I believe, 50th wedding anniversary or some big milestone, I wrote a new version of the Tommy Wright story um, about them and their courtship that we used for that Christmas that year. I had Grampy read that. And we all passed the candy bars right and left as he read the story of his own courtship in life with my grandma. Such a fun, simple tradition. And again, I will link that in the show notes to the podcast. If you're not sure how to access the show notes, um, if you're in a podcast app, 
if you if you look at it, there's probably a link at the bottom that says episode webpage. You can click on that and it will take you to all of the links and the things that I mention. You can also always send me a direct message, get a hold of me somehow, and I would be happy to send you these resources if you want to do your own Tommy right and left game with your family. So again, a simple kind of quirky activity or tradition that you do every year that your kids can look back on and remember. So those three takeaways are to have an anchor food, an anchor gift, even if it's as simple as an ornament, and an anchor activity that is just totally you and your family. And I'm sure that there are many of you listening who are already do these things, and I would love to hear about your traditions as well. The best place to connect with me is on Instagram, 3in30podcast, and I genuinely want to hear from you. So comment, send me a direct message, tell me about your Christmas traditions. Let's learn from each other. Now, part two, the best part of the podcast, I'm going to have my grandparents on to talk a little bit about the memories that they have from when they were children, growing up in small towns in Utah, what they remember about Christmases. When I initially asked them to be on, I asked my grandpa if he had ever done Skype or FaceTime, because that's generally how I record with guests. And he's 88. <laughs> so you can imagine he he wasn't quite sure about Skype or FaceTime. So I said, scratch that. I will just call you and I will figure out a way to record it. So that's what we ended up doing. And I love that you'll get to hear them fumbling with the phone and talking to each other. I just love them, and I think you're going to love them too. So with no further ado, here are my adorable, wonderful, wise, amazing grandparents, Jack and Elaine Westover. Hello, Grampy. Hello, Rachel. How are you this morning? This morning, I'm the same, old and ugly, but contented. Well, good. So you're 88 years old, and today you're reaching a milestone in your life. You're recording your first podcast. Isn't How does that, that feel? Yeah. Oh, gee, that's a, just a highlight of my whole life. <laughs> well, thank you for being my guest on my podcast today. So as we're coming up on Christmas, I've been thinking about the memories that our kids will one day treasure at this time of year. And I thought, who better to talk to than someone who's lived through a whole lot of Christmases? I was wondering if you could start out by telling us where you grew up and a little bit about that. I grew up in a little town called Farron. Well, I grew up in three different places. Farron was a town of about 300. Huntington, these are all in Utah, was a place of 900, the biggest town in the whole county. And then from the time I was 12 until graduated from high school, Pleasant Grove, which was a metropolis of 3,500, all in Pleasant Grove. And that's where you met your lovely wife, Elaine? It is. We went to junior high school and high school together. And can you tell us about the first time, you, the story about when you saw Elaine and how you fell for her? Oh, well, it wasn't Christmas. <laughs> That's okay. Kind of vague. <laughs> we were we were in the what seventh grade, I guess. She was in the same class as I was, and I thought she was a hot gal. <laughs> and how long have you been married now? 
66 years last September. And how many kids and grandkids and great-grandkids? you keep track of that anymore? Oh, yeah. We've had five children, one of whom we lost when he was just a couple of years old. We had four who survived and 13 grandchildren, of which you are one. Mm-hmm. And we've got 16 great-grandchildren now. And a lot of us are going to be together for Christmas, which is pretty fun. Yes. So I was wondering if you could tell us um, some Christmas memories from your early years growing up in those small towns in Utah. That was during the Depression. Nobody had anything, you know, but we didn't know that. Everybody was in the same boat, but we couldn't afford to buy a Christmas tree, but it was okay to just go out and and cut down Christmas trees wherever you wanted to back then. There wasn't a lot of people, and there was a lot of pine trees in the area. Mm-hmm. So my stepdad, my dad, you know, got killed when I was just a year old, and Mom married a, a, just a wonderful guy named Westover when, when we were about two, three years old. Anyway, we were about five or six, Udell and I, and he wanted us to have a Christmas tree even if he was sick with the mumps. So snow was pretty deep, and we had to go up into the hills a ways to get a Christmas tree. But he went up there, sick as he was, and cut down a Christmas tree, and and I remember him having a big scarf around his neck tied tight so they used to think the mumps would go down if you didn't tie something around their neck so they wouldn't but anyway I can just so, remember him dragging that Christmas tree and carrying one of us at the same time and he oh. must have been almost dying with being as sick as he was but he did it and he, mm-hmm. we had a good Christmas we always had good Christmases we decorated the trees a little differently back then. I don't know if you've ever seen what they call icicles to decorate mm-hmm. trees with. They're strings of uh, like uh, like aluminum foil with just thin strings that kind of look like icicles. And you took those things and and spread them all on the on the limbs of the Christmas tree, so they kind of resembled icicles that were hanging down. Mm-hmm. And early on, the lights, the Christmas lights that we had were just candles that were little tiny candles that you had to light. They didn't have electric Christmas lights back then. Mm-hmm. And so we, we used to have fun decorating the tree with strings of popcorn, you know, you'd make a popcorn string, anything we could, we could use that was attractive that would didn't cost anything. So if you had advice for a young mother after 88 years of living, what would be, you know, a couple bits of advice that you would have for a young mom today? Love your kids. Don't don't yell at them. Be, be reasonably strict. Set some decent standards and hold them to it. And just love them. Well, that's what you've always done for me. You've always loved me and been a huge part of my life, so well, I'm grateful. You've been pretty special to us. You, you kids have really made uh, made our life a great a great deal happier than it would have been without you. And well, you've been through you. some real struggles and met them well. 
So we're proud of you. Well, thank you, Grampy. So can I talk to Granny now? You bet, Granny. Granny's getting on right now. All right. Love you. Do I do the same thing? Just talk to her. Hi, Rachel. Hello, Granny. How are you today? Off the speaker, Elaine. Turn it off. Uh, I'm I'm fine. I can't. Re- I'm so old. I can't remember much about it. But one thing I, the first thing I thought about was Dad owned a lumber yard and and they heated the houses with coal, big mm-hmm. furnace coals, and uh, we always got a little black coal piece of coal in our stock and that was jo- dad's joke for us that we'd b- been mean and <laughs> ended up with a little uh, little piece, piece of coal, coal. <laughs> and I, one Christmas I got a a violin I was in the fourth grade and I got a violin so I could start taking lessons and play my violin in a little orchestra at school and another Christmas, I got my ice skates, and mm-hmm. we would even run out of recess and put our skates on because the firemen would come and uh, flood this area down at the bottom of the school grounds, and we'd have skate uh, be able to run out at noon and skate, and the whole town would come and use that ice pond. Wow, and, so uh, fun. And, and, you know, I was raised, born and raised in Pleasant Grove and one of six six mm-hmm. children. I was the third girl. We had a Shetland pony, and in the winter, Dad had a little tiny sled made for us to, so that we could go out and ride on the sled behind Hind Dick, and we do that on Christmas Day too, and that was a oh, that's so fun. A real surprise for us. Uh, I had my my appendix out on the fifteenth of December, and they let me come home from the hospital on Christmas Eve if I didn't walk. Mm-hmm. And my sisters got me up at five o'clock and carried me in into the Christmas tree Aww. and uh, the folks didn't hear us and we ha- were having a ball and it was in Pleasant Grove it was uh, you had to get up earlier than all the neighborhood kids and you were a winner if you your lights were the first one to go on in our little neighborhood and that was just a little silly thing too but oh that's so fun i'm i'm so old i can't remember much about <laughs> well i know you've told me before about doing puzzles with i feel like you said your sisters and your mother and you guys would all stay up late and you'd listen to yeah. them talk the adults you know the your aunts and your mom talk it's a beautiful time of year isn't it it sure is Sure is. Yeah. If you ha do you have advice for a young mom like me? What advice do you have? Advice about what? About being a mother. 
Oh, dear. Well, just understand them and give them a chance. Be kind to them. And I, well, I'm, I'm not a good example. <laughs> no, you're a great example. You're the best example. You raised your four kids and now all your grandkids and great-grandkids. You have a great posterity. Yeah. All right. Well, Merry Christmas, Granny. Okay. Can't wait to see you in a few weeks. Love you. Excited. Bye. Oh, I love them, and I'm grateful for them. I'm missing them this holiday season. This is the first Christmas that we'll have without either of them here, and I'm so grateful that I got to air that interview with them. And thank you for humoring me with that little personal message. Don't forget that if you want to start capturing some golden memories and moments from your holiday season and on into the new year, you can purchase my Flex of Gold journal. This will be something that your kids can read. It will be an heirloom that will really be a record of your love for them. And those memories and those moments are so precious. So you can go to 3in30podcast.com slash Flex of Gold. I hope that you have a fabulous week. I hope you lean into this holiday season with love and simplicity. I'm rooting for you, and I hope you have a great week with your family.